What up, everybody? It's your boy Joshua Edwards, live from live from my parents' kitchen on this wonderful Saturday afternoon. We finally have the results from the election between Donald J. Trump and Joseph R. Biden. And Joseph Biden is our new president. <laughs> man, I'm so excited, man. He is the 46th president. We have Kamala Harris as our 49th vice president. This just goes to show how important voting is. I remember everybody talking about Black Lives Matter. And, you know, you had a couple people, a lot of people actually saying, well, all lives matter. Well, if all lives matter, then all votes should matter. Don't tell me to stop counting the vote. <laughs> and we still have to count the mail-in ballots. We still have to count the early ballots. I am, I am so thrilled that Donald J. Trump is out of here. We all know what the elephant in the room is. Systemic racism and just racism in general. You know, that's something that's never going to go away. But the fact that people act like racism didn't exist or the fact that some people who were on the, the borderline of I might be a little racist, I'm not going to show my racism. And then in the past 11 months, they're just out here just showing it like uh, they're smiling like with their teeth or something like that. It's crazy. Um, now, I'm not saying Joe Biden is going to get uh, rid of all the racist epithets, racist signs, or even racism in general. We all know it's not going to go away. But I believe with him being elected, it will put a lot of things into a different perspective. Because we all know from the bottom of our hearts, whether you're racist, not racist, the stuff that Donald Trump was spewing out of his mouth were nothing but lies. It showed just how much racism is, is within the United States. It just showed a lot, man. So I'm just glad that he's finally out of the office, out of the Oval Office, out of the most powerful position in the entire world. So I just want to give another round of applause. Congratulations to everybody that voted. Your vote mattered, and it still matters to this day. But let's not, let's, let's not let Joe Biden off the hook either. We still got to hold him to the same accountability that we held Donald Trump. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump right into episode 24, RP Kobe Bryant, episode 24 of Joshua's Proximity. So we're finally halfway through the NFL season. And as most of you know, it's time for the midseason awards. So my midseason coach of the year has to go to none other than Mike Tomlin. We're talking about a coach who I believe last year, I've told my friends in my group chats, I told my friends who were still a fans, I told my friends who were friends of just football in general that last year I really believed that Mike Tomlin was on the hot seat. I, I thought that he would be on the hot seat because of the way that he let Antonio Brown go, the way that he let Le'Veon Bell walk. I felt like he didn't have a control over that locker room. You know, that's ne that never sits well with the general manager. That never sits well with, you know, just NFL owners in general when they feel like a head coach can't control the locker room. So last year I did believe that he was on a hot seat. So you fast forward it to 2020, he gets Chase Claypool and he gets Big Ben back, and now they're the only undefeated team in the National Football League. The way that they've been playing football – on both sides of the ball is unmatched. You're talking about a defense that can really get after anybody. I believe that the addition of Mika Fitzpatrick last year put them on another playing level. I believe that defense is just as comparable 
as the Patriots defense when everybody is on an active roster. Obviously, Dante Hightower and, you know, when they're at 100%, I believe that the Steelers match up just like the Patriots of last year. Their offense isn't too bad. They run the rock through James Conner. They got Juju. They got Claypool. They got a lot of weapons, and Big Ben is utilizing them. He's not pushing the ball down the field like he used to back in the old days, but he still can deliver the rock at a high clip, even if it's a check down just like Drew Brees. So I got to go with Mike Tomlin because they're only undefeated team. They've beaten everybody that it, that they've needed to beat, and they beat the Ravens at home. It doesn't get much tougher than that. So my coach of the year has to go to Mike Tomlin. Now, if you switch it up and you go to offensive, now we're going to go to the rookies. So I'm going into the offensive rookie of the year. Now, I was thinking long and hard about these two quarterbacks. Obviously, they both start with Jays, Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow. But when you look at it, it has to be Justin Herbert. The reason why I say the offensive rookie of the year has to be Justin Herbert is because he has played three first ballot Hall of Famers. And he had huge lead on all three of them. His first game they've ever played in his national football career, he was told maybe five minutes before the game started, he's playing against Patrick Mahomes. Oh, how, how's that for your first matchup? Patrick Mahomes. Not only do you jump out to a roaring lead, but you go out there and throw for over 300 yards against that defense. Then you turn around and you go down in Tampa and you go up 24-7 to against Tom Brady. Now, Brady was Brady. And that defense started to lock down at the end. But Justin Herbert can really make some throws. I was, I must admit, I was real low on him coming out of this draft. And then he goes down to New Orleans in that dome against Drew Brees. And he jumps out to another commanding lead. Now, he lost Keenan Allen in that ball game. And I would have liked to saw how they would have finished that game with Keenan Allen in there. But you're talking about three Hall of Famers. And he jumps out to a lead on all three of those. Now, a lot of that, the way that they lost, it comes down to, you know, defense and all that other technical stuff. But to me personally, that's why I picked Justin Herbert over Joe Burrow, even though Joe Burrow has started the entire, all the games this year. I got to go with Justin Herbert. Now, when you look at the defensive rookie of the year, I really don't know how to pronounce this dude's name. I don't know if it's Antonio or Anthony Winfield Jr., the safety with the Tampa Bay Bucks, But every time that I turn on a Tampa Bay Bucks game, he's always flashing. I believe he's going to flash on Sunday night against the Saints. That's going to be a matchup. But when you look at everything that he does, he can come down, he can make a hit, he can guard, he can play great coverage, he can play great zone, great man, run stopper, make plays. He's always around the football. He reminds me of a Tyron Matthew the way that he's just all around the football. So those are my two rookies. Offen- those are my two rookies of the year, Justin Herbert offensive-wise and Antonio Winfield Jr. defensive-wise. So when you look at the defensive player of the year, we know who it should be year in and year out. This guy, he's going to get the LeBron James treatment from me, Aaron Donald. He's not my defensive player of the year, but he can he can always make his case for defensive player of the year Right now, him and the guy that is my defensive player of the year, Miles Garrett, lead the league in sacks. But I had to go with Miles Garrett because he has nine sacks. 
He has more forced fumbles than Aaron Donald, and he has more fumble recoveries than Aaron Donald. And when you just look at his game, yes, they both impact the game, but he's doing it from the defensive end position as to where Aaron Donald is doing it from the one or the three technique, defensive tackle. And Miles Gary, you know he's getting chipped by a tight end. You know he's getting chipped by a running back. You know they're going to uh, either put the either guards toward his side. They're going to slide to his side. And the way that he has been able to still cause mishap and, and wreak havoc on opposing offenses is nothing like I've seen in at least two seasons um, other than, you know, Khalil Mack two seasons ago. But Miles Garrett is definitely – Right now, my midseason defensive player of the year. Now, when you look at offensive player of the year, it's usually different than the MVP. A lot of a lot of people get those two mixed up. Like last year, we knew Mike Thomas was the offensive player of the year, but who was the MVP? Who? Oh yeah, Lamar Jackson. Um, oh excuse me, Lamar Jackson was the MVP last year. So my offensive player of the year this year has to be Alvin Kamara. You're talking about a guy who is number one in fantasy football right now. You're talking about a guy that has 2,500 rushing yards and 2,500 receiving yards and 45 total touchdowns in his first four seasons in the National Football League. Nobody has ever done that in their first four years in NFL history. Now, McCaffrey might have something to say if he could come back and finish this year off strong. But right now, if you look at what Alvin Kamara can do out of the backfield, if you can look what he can do, um, not just running the football, but just receiving the the ball, you can line him up at slot. He's like another slot receiver. He's getting in and out. His balance is impeccable. His vision is next to none. His strength, his balance, I mean, you name it, he has it. So my offensive player of the year has to go to Alvin Kamara. Now, my midseason MVP award was hard because there was about four quarterbacks at the beginning of the season that you could debate was the MVP. You had Josh Allen. You know you had Lamar. You had Russell Wilson. You had Aaron Rodgers. But there's a quarterback that has been coming on the scene, and he's really been overlooked because of how good of a team he has around him. But I got to go with Patrick Mahomes. We're talking about a quarterback – that has 21 touchdowns, one interception, and his team is 7-1. and one. It's not like the they lost to some bums like the Jets or something. They lost to a division rival in the Las Vegas Raiders. And the Raiders really aren't a bad team. They're just missing like a couple pieces. And that injury bug, it keeps getting to them. But the Kansas City Chiefs have been thriving. They got, you know, they, they added Le'Veon Bell. But the way that Mahomes is taking over games, he's getting that LeBron James treatment. Everybody's like, oh, that's just a Patrick Mahomes throw. Oh, that's just a Mahomes game. Yeah, he's going to throw for 400 yards and five touchdowns. Oh, yeah, they're going to just put up 40 points. But, I mean, look, like, look at what are we looking at? 21 to 1 ratio? So if he throws 42 touchdowns, he's only going to have two picks? Like, what are we talking about? Like, this this ratio is incredible right now. They're 7-1. and one. They are hot. They're just as hot as the, the Steelers right now. They're as hot as any NFL team right now. If you ask me, they really might be the most complete team. But I'm going I'm to tell you about my top 10 uh, later on in the episode. But right now, 
it's hard to deny what Patrick Mahomes is doing before our eyes. Yes, yes, Russell Wilson is having an incredible season. Yes, Aaron Rodgers is having a season just like Patrick Mahomes, but he got more picks than Patrick Mahomes. Like, 21-1 to in a passing league where you know your offense is going to throw the rock and they're going to throw it a lot. It's hard to deny Patrick Mahomes right now. So, yeah, that rounds off my midseason awards. Mike Tomlin is the coach of the year so far. Justin Herbert, offensive rookie of the year. Antonio Whitfield, junior, defensive rookie of the year. Miles Garrett, defensive player of the year. Alvin Kamara, offensive player of the year. And MVP, Patrick Mahomes. But I'm going to go ahead and switch gears because, you know, it's that time of my episode where I get to reveal my top 10 teams heading into week to week. So last week, my top 10 teams went as such. At number 10, I had the 49ers. Nine, I had the Los Angeles Rams. Eight, I had the Cardinals. Seven, I had the Packers. Six, I had the Ravens. Five, I had the Seahawks. Four, the Titans. Three, the Steelers. Two, the Bucks. And number one of last week was the Chiefs. So if you fast forward, it's a week, week heading into week nine this week. At number 10, I got the Baltimore Ravens. Now, they lost to the best team, I believe, right now in football. A little hint. Um, but the way it's not how they lost, it's the way that they lost. Yes, they ran for the ball effectively, but I'm still concerned about Lamar's Jackson, Lamar Jackson's ability to throw the football when they're behind. Now, when they have a big lead, of course, they can run the ball into the ground. They can run your head off. They, they can run into a win, but can they throw for a win? Can they throw from behind and come back and win? That's the scary part about the Ravens. Their defense is amazing, but their offense is lacking the, the firepower to come back. So I got the Ravens at 10. At number nine, I got the Green Bay Packers. Now, I'm doing this episode on a Saturday, so – if most of you watched the game on Thursday, they beat the Giants. I mean, not the Giants. They beat the, the 49ers. But the way that the Green Bay Packers got obliterated on last Sunday against the Minnesota Vikings, that's not a good look. Now, two times in their losses this year, they have gotten bullied up front. Even against the 49ers on Thursday, they was getting abused up front. The 49ers with their fourth-string running back, was bending the edges. The 49ers with their fourth string running back was getting five yards a touch. The 49ers with their backup quarterback was moving the ball on them. So the Green Bay Packers, if you punch them in their mouth early, they're going to be down bad. So that's the reason that they dropped so far against the Vikings and against the Bucks. They don't like all that physicality stuff. They're a real finesse team. Aaron Rodgers really only has one receiver that he can really depend on in Devontae Adams. But, I mean, outside of Adams and Aaron Jones, where is the other offensive threat? If you take away Devontae Adams, if you take away the screens, if you take away the big runs by Aaron Jones, and you're physical with the Green Bay Packers, they're going to fold. So, at number nine, I got the Green Bay Packers. Number eight, I got the Arizona Cardinals. They had a bye this last week, so it's kind of hard for me to move them. It's kind of hard for me to adjust them. But we will learn a lot about them on this Sunday. But at number eight, I still got the Cardinals. Number seven, I got the Tennessee Titans. Now, they have dropped 
too as well. They lost against the the Cincinnati Bengals, but my problem with the Tennessee Titans is it's kind of it's a little similar to the Ravens. They can run the ball effectively, but they can they can come back better than the Ravens. So that's why I got them ahead of the the Ravens and ahead of the Green Bay because they're more physical and they can still come from behind and win. So at number seven, I got the Tennessee Titans. Number six, I got the Buffalo Bills. The Bills right now, uh, it's not looking too good. They barely came out with a win against the New England Patriots. If Cam Newton didn't fumble, I believe that the, the Patriots do go down the field, score a touchdown, or at least kick a field goal in order to tie the football game. So with that being said, the Bills are number six. At number five, I got the New Orleans Saints. Now, the Saints, as I stated earlier, they got the Offensive Player of the Year in Alvin Kamara. I believe they get back Michael Thomas. I believe they get back Emmanuel Sanders. Yes, Drew Brees' arm strength isn't what it is. I believe that he is a washed quarterback. But it's just something about them that they continue to get the job done. With all the little check downs, with all the – little intermediate routes, they still find a way to win. And it's just something about the Saints. So that's why I got to move them to the, the fifth spot in my top ten. My number four team is the Seattle Seahawks. They get back Jamal Adams. They just signed Carlos Dunlap. Uh, their defense, yeah, it struggles. But the addition to those two and getting those two back, I believe that it'll, it'll at least carry them to the NFC Championship game. They still got Russell Wilson, the MVP front runner as well. DK Metcalf is emerging as one of the elite receivers in this league. So it's kind of hard to deny them. The Seahawks, number four. At number three, I got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now the Bucs, they get Antonio Brown this week. I think Chris Godwin is still out this Sunday. But the addition of Antonio Brown, I think it'll free up a lot in the offense. I think Mike Evans will get a lot of one-on-one situations. I believe Rob Gronkowski will get a lot of one-on-one situations. I believe the running game will evolve more because you still have an elite receiver like Antonio Brown. You still got the GOAT at the quarterback position. And their defense is the best defense in football. I don't care about the Steelers' defense, but the, the way that Tampa Bay flies around, they're very physical. They can lock you up on the outsides. They got the best two inside linebackers and um, Levante David and I can't – I think it's White. I can't think of the other linebacker's name, but they got the two best linebackers in football. So I got the Bucks at number three. Number two is Kansas City. They have the MVP front runner, front runner as well and Patrick, my homeboy. I mean, it's KC. They have all the weapons that they need to – their defense is still really solid. They have Chris Jones. They got Tyron Matthew. They just have a well-balanced oil machine. And their special teams can win you a couple of games too. So I got Kansas City at number two. And the number one team in the NFL right now, I got to go with the Pittsburgh Steelers for everything that I've stated. They got the coach of the year. They're undefeated. Their defense is playing lights out. Their defense is just as good from time to time as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Their offense, they can move the ball down the field when they need to. They can run the football. James Conner's going to leave the game with at least 20 touches in total. Maybe 20 rushes and like five out of the backfield. So I believe that the Steelers are a complete football team. They're just missing 
something on the offensive side. But the way they're playing right now, it's kind of hard to say exactly what they're missing. They're undefeated. So my top 10, Ravens 10, Green Bay 9, Cards 8, Titans number 7, Bills 6, Saints 5, Seahawks 4, Bucks 3, KC 2, and the Steelers number 1. So to close out Josh's Proximity episode 24, you know I got to go with my projections for this week's games. Uh, I had the Green Bay Packers over the 49ers. Now, obviously, that game is finished. But I had them from the jump. So Packers over the 49ers. The Texans over the Jags. I got the Texans. Uh, Garner Minshew is supposed to be out. And the Texans just have a better quarterback play. So I got the Texans over the Jags. Who is this? This is the the Cow. No, the Giants versus the Washington football team. I believe Washington will win that game. Their their defensive line is just going to be too much for the Giants. I got Washington winning. The Ravens versus the Colts. Now, the Colts are 5-2 and two as well, and they're kind of under the radar. But the Colts, let's be real. Phillip Rivers is going to give you at least six opportunities to make two turnovers. He's either going to throw at least two interceptions, or he's going to be real risky with the ball, real careless with the ball. So I got the Ravens winning big over the Colts. Lions versus the Vikings. I got the Vikings. The way that they put a spanking on Green Bay, I think it'll it'll boost that, that team's morale in general. So I got the Vikings over the Lions. The Bears over the Titans. Now, I believe that the Bears, we all know Mitchell Trubisky wasn't the guy, but neither is Nick Foles. Nick Foles is a is a premier backup in this league. Like, what are we talking about, man? Come on, man. I got the Titans winning this game with ease. Panthers versus the Chiefs. <coughs> Chiefs going 8-1. and one. That's all I need to say, even though I'm a Panthers fan. Chiefs 8-1. and one. Seahawks versus the Bills. I like the Bills in this game. They're playing in Buffalo. The Seahawks, yes, they're coming off a win against the 49ers, but it's something about the Bills that I really, really like. I mean, like I stated a couple episodes ago on the low, I'm a Bills fan, so I got the Bills over the Seahawks. Broncos versus the Falcons. I believe that the Falcons can actually make a, a push for that last playoff spot in the NFC. So I got the Falcons over the, the Broncos. Raiders versus the Chargers. I like the Raiders in this game. I believe that Justin Herbert, as I stated earlier, is the Offensive Rookie of the Year. They're playing great football on the offensive side. Now I just need their defense just to step it up just a tad bit. So I got the Chargers over the Raiders. Dolphins versus the Cardinals. I like the Dolphins in this game. Arizona, I believe that they'll be able to move the football, but that defense with, with Miami is just legit. I really and truthfully believe that it's serious. It's a serious, serious problem. Um, Tua, I like him for to at least throw for 250 this game. He's going to have a couple of turnovers. I don't know what the turnovers might be. I think he'll throw at least one interception. So I got the Dolphins over the Cardinals, Steelers versus the Cowboys. Come on, man. The Cowboys, I don't even know why they're America's team in the first place. So I got the Steelers becoming 8-0. and The Bucks versus the Saints in Tampa Bay. I like the Bucks simply because they get Antonio Brown. The Saints, I think that they don't, they don't match up well with those receivers. So I got the Bucks in that game. The Pats versus the Jets. Come on, man. Jets not winning the game this year. So that concludes episode 24 of Josh's Proximity. Thank you for choosing in. 
Have a blessed, blessed day. Donald Trump is out of here.